Hey, welcome to Love and Other Investments, and I'm Jeff. And I'm John. And today, um, we're talking about the phenomenon that we see occasionally, where um, couples who are struggling a little bit and communicating about money are struggling because one of them does not want to communicate about money. At all. At all. And so, it is not uncommon, in fact, the normal way that things work um, in, an, in a relationship Um, with two people that kind of share a bucket of resources, is that one person typically has a little bit more operational awareness or control over the day-to-day finances. They're kind of in charge of paying the bills and all that stuff, you mean? Yeah, one of the things that we do really well in relationships is we divide and conquer, right? Yeah. You know, there's a list of things that you typically do, and there's a list of things that your wife typically does. Right. And we could talk about, you know, societal roles and how that's all garbage. But the reality is there are things that, you know, once you learn how to do um, and you get them done efficiently, um, why not just keep doing them and let the other person do the things that they're good at doing? It doesn't take two people to pay a bill. It doesn't. In fact, it takes longer, sometimes twice as long or even worse uh, on certain things that um, somebody gets involved in. Sure. Um, You know. We'll be sitting around uh, the television, um, and you know my wife is folding some clothes, and you know she'll say, "Hey, you know, fold some of these," and she's much faster at it than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally, she wants to redo my work. <laughs> if we're just going to be honest about it, you don't have any feelings about that, do you? <laughs> um, you know, there's certain things that you know you kind of need some help with. You know, there's uh, sure. You know, if you're folding a really big sheet, it is really helpful to have another, you know, set of hands to help you kind of get that done. But the truth is she does it more. That's more her job in your family. And so she's better at it. Exactly. So, you know, I think we don't want to, I want to start off by saying we don't want to make the mistake of thinking that if you're not in the middle of everything together financially, um, that you're, you know, creating a trap. But what we're talking about today specifically is the situation where somebody says, hey, it feels like um, we need to make some financial decisions, and the other person says, yeah, I don't want to think about that. You take care of everything. Yeah. I don't want to know. Where they're literally refusing. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to look at the statement. No, I don't want to know that we're ahead or behind. Or um, if someone, one person who takes care of the money more says, you know, hey, would you, I'm thinking we might need to buy a car, and the other person says, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, or hey, um, you know, our savings account's getting smaller. We need to. Yeah, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, let's bring it up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, what are some? What are? Let's talk about the structure of that. How does that work out for the person who is, I don't know, having to deal with it all by themselves? Okay, so I want to make a little disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Actually, for both of us, that's probably a good idea. Okay, so I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. You're a financial planner. Mm-hmm. But I'm not your therapist. No. And I'm not the audience's therapist either. Right. And you're not their financial planner. That is correct. So now that we have that disclaimer out of the way, mm-hmm. um, we have to speak in generalities about this, right? Because as, as a therapist, I want to talk about specifics. I don't, I don't want to, when a couple's sitting in front of me, a person sitting in front of me, I don't want to make generalizations. I want to know exactly what it is their experience is. I don't care about everyone else's experience somewhat. And and since we're doing that, I would, I would even go as far as to say 
there is nothing that I know that we're going to be doing on these podcast episodes that I would consider financial planning. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and, and we've talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this in other episodes. We're we're really operating this podcast in a space that doesn't really have a definition. Sure. And that is this weird, murky, muddy place where money and relationships get all blended together and right. create some issues for people that there's not a lot of help for. Right. All right. So let's go back to your question. Yeah. Because we don't want to meander too far here. It's a good idea. Okay. So, so your question is, re- remind me, tell me again, what, what are you asking? So let's talk through maybe some of the things that uh, one partner might be feeling if they're in the situation of having to carry the load of handling, sure. managing all of the finances and all the financial daily tasks. I would think, you know, you probably see this, so you should speak about this too, but I would think that the person who's managing this stuff in the beginning probably feels like, okay, I'll do it. I mean, it's, you know, you're doing something for the couple. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, unless there's been some previous argument about it or concern about it or whatever, you're just, you're doing your job, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're arranging who does what and this one got sent to you. I, at the beginning, I would imagine it's benign, you know, or maybe you're even proud that you're doing it or maybe just a task that you do it's not a big deal whether you like it or not you know sure yeah but in the you know eventually when your partner starts saying no i want to talk about the money then i would imagine a few things come up for people you know like frustration like oh i just really want to have your opinion about this and you're not telling me your opinion you know why aren't you telling me your opinion Mm -hmm. or i really need help with this i don't know how to do it or this is not a decision I should be making alone. This is, affects us both. You know, why aren't you saying what it is that you want or need on this? I would imagine that's frustration. And eventually I would imagine anger. Like, okay, well, if my partner's not going to participate, then I'm just going to do whatever I want. That's not a good place to be. And, and let me say there are things in your relationship that, you know, maybe only one person really does. So let me give an example of that. Maybe in, in your relationship, one of you does all of the cooking and one of you doesn't really know, you know, you can heat up a hot dog, you can boil water, um, but you don't, you're not cooking for company, right? Yeah. And you know that, you know that your partner has the skills to handle that. Um, they enjoy it. Um, and you support them in doing that. And, you know, whatever they put in front of you is going to be great. You know, maybe they know what you like and don't like, but whatever they put in front of you is going to be great. And you're just tickled pink that you don't have to climb the mountain of learning how to cook. Right. There's something different about money. There's something much more visceral um, about being left alone with the finances without the input of your partner. Like what? What do you mean? More visceral. Because the finances, um, quite honestly, at times have the ability to make or break a family. Because finances cover so many different areas of your life. Because those resources not only help provide the food that someone's going to cook, they provide the payment that provides the house that you're in, um, they provide the money that you save or don't save for retirement to whether you succeed or don't there's a lot in your of retirement years. power in this there's a lot of power there's a lot of risk there's a lot of consequences to doing it wrong and it's a lot to carry mm-hmm. for one person so 
I think there's something slightly different when you start getting into the finances in a relationship of just letting one person handle it all. Um, you and I were talking before the episode, and we were talking about how there can be some resentment because, quite frankly, at some point in time, if this doesn't go well, I could get blamed mm-hmm. sure. for this. Right. It, right. You know, we don't have enough money for retirement. I wonder whose fault that is. Yeah, exactly. Right. And such a tough comment to make, a really pointed and kind of ugly comment to make, especially if the person making it is the one who's phobic about money and didn't want to participate. Right. Sort of a after-the-fact blaming. Yeah. And so I want to talk about, now going back, if I can grab the cooking as an analogy. Yeah. Um, if you've ever tried to learn to do something that your spouse does, perfectly Mm -hmm. you know whether that's folding a fitted sheet or you know doing the do which yeah or doing the the grocery shopping or or managing the money right right they have been doing it for a while they have a system um they've been working this system so long that they aren't spending a lot of mental energy doing it anymore Mm -hmm. and we all know that there's really hardly anything out there that's harder than learning um i i think of the story of when I've had to teach my kids how to drive. I've been driving for a while. I don't really think about driving anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not a process that I have to um, use a lot of energy to get my car to go from point A to point B. My kids, when they didn't know how to drive, I had to figure out how to teach them how to right. drive, and it's they didn't the have same. a clue. Right. And so all of a sudden, driving became very stressful, not just it became stressful when I was driving, trying to tell them what I was doing and why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And then it goes That's all automatic for you at this point. Right. Right. So it is difficult um, to share a task with your spouse. So if you, if you say, well, I have one, you know, one spouse handles the money and the other one doesn't. And the other one's kind of unplugged and said, you know, they keep asking me to get in the middle of this. And every time I get into it, it just creates stress and arguments because they're trying to explain to me how they do it, and that's not how I would do it, right? Mm-hmm. Or I don't think that way, right? Yeah. Or I don't know this information, and they're being impatient and sharing it with me, or I just don't want a conflict, and so I'm just going to keep avoiding. Yeah. I think you're getting into the next part, mm-hmm. which is what's the experience of the person who's avoiding the money discussions. Mm -hmm. And I think you're describing one of those experiences, right? right? Just the idea that maybe the person who's managing the money isn't so great a teacher, Mm -hmm. or maybe they don't share it um, in a way that's helpful or meaningful to the person who's needing to get that information. And therefore they just accommodate or they avoid or they just ignore and, you know, they're out. They don't, they just don't like the, the conversation. But I, I can think of at least one other circumstance that uh, the person who's not wanting to talk about money might be having, which is that maybe money at some point, either during the relationship or prior to the relationship, was paired with something painful. Mm-hmm. You remember Pavlov's dog, right? Sure. You know, the, the bell rings and then they give the food, and eventually the dog learns when the bell rings, they're about to get food, so they start to drool, mm-hmm. you know. And so you could ring the bell, and they'll drool even if you don't give food. They've be, they've paired the bell with the food, right? 
And this psychological phenomenon happens with people all the time. Mm -hmm. We pair things together. We associate them. So imagine what would happen if something happens in one's life where money is involved somehow, but there's also something difficult or painful, maybe even traumatic, that occurs with that. Mm -hmm. You know, we can imagine all those scenarios. Like, uh, you know, you lost your dad, your parents lost their jobs and suddenly you find yourself without a home mm-hmm. or, you know, <clears throat> maybe, maybe there wasn't enough uh, food in the home because there wasn't enough income. And so money is tied with not having enough food in your own mind. You might not even be aware of it. Right? Or maybe there was plenty of money, but money was used as a weapon in your family. Yes. I mean, you can, there's, there's a, a myriad of, of different types yes. of things that we could be talking about here. And, and I want to say, um, you've, you're really bringing up something that we've talked about before, which is this idea of kind of financial empathy. Yeah. So, you know, empathy is you react a certain way and it makes me grumpy. And I decide in that moment to either be curious why that took place mm-hmm. and give you credit for being a good person who's not trying to make me grumpy. Sure. Or I just go with it. Yeah, yeah. And argument ensues because you're dumb. So I think, you know, a lot of us, as we're trying to um, work together financially, um, probably are not aware of things like, you know, this association that you're talking about. We're not thinking about our partner's past. Um, Our partner's probably not thinking about their past. They would probably prefer to not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we're teaching these things, I think first off, maybe one of the first things that we've got to do is commit that there is value in this being a shared task. There's value in us both having some working sure. knowledge sure. of certain things in the household. Yeah, uh, but, I, w- but I would say, you know, in in the abstract, both people in the couple, if if the couple has one person who hates money and doesn't mm-hmm. want to both people could make that commitment. Sure. But in the practicality, when the conversation needs to start, it's going to elicit whatever that painful thing is that got paired with money. Right. But I think what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm in agreement with you. But what I'm trying to say is, is that unless both parties can agree that there's value in it being somewhat shared, then, it's, then we're, not gonna, we're not going to have a reason to climb over the hill sure. of stress. Sure. You know, if, if I say, hey... I want you to come with me, and I go, yeah, I really don't want to. If there's not a reason, if there's not a compelling reason to, to go, then just let me stay home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think there is a compelling reason because finances touch so many areas um, because finances are the things that, quite frankly, are going to power a lot of the values that we have. We use money to move forward in, in a lot of these things. So um, I think it's worthwhile uh, for both parties to agree that some level of communication about finances, some shared experience with those finances is very helpful. Mm-hmm. And that agreement at the beginning means, okay, so how is it, if that if we do agree that this is a good thing to happen, and it might be hard for us to do that, how are we going to move through it? Yeah. How are we going to approach it? Right. One of the things that I'm a big fan of is... Um, in anything that I know how to do, whether it be driving or cooking mm-hmm. or balancing a budget, sure. if I'm teaching it to somebody who has a different experience than me, 
um, who doesn't see things the same way that I do, is it's really good to go back to very basic concepts. Start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. In fact, it takes work. Guess what? All of these things that we're talking about take work. But it takes work to kind of dismantle the process that you use. So maybe I'm not going to teach a complex recipe to somebody. Maybe I'm not going to, in the first week of teaching a teenager how to drive, take them into downtown freeway rush hour traffic. Sure. We're going to start with some real basics. That's not demeaning. That's just, here's how I do this. Here's a way to think about this. Sure. You don't want to be mansplaining. No mansplaining. All right. <clears throat> but you do have to kind of, you know, and I think financially the best way to do that is start looking at where does the money go? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we spend our money on? How often do we spend it? Um, you know, how do we spend it? Do we spend it all on credit cards or do we do it out of the checking account? Or cash or whatever. You know, how, Venmo. What, you know Venmo, what are the methodologies that we, that we used currently to do that? Are there other options? You know, it's not a, well, this is the way we do it, and this is how it has to be done. It's, well, there's a lot of ways that it could be done. So I think a lot of the communication has to start with the idea, number one, that it's valuable for us to both know what we have, how it's used, where it goes. Sure, sure, I get it. Um, and, I, w- and, I would think about this problem in a different way. Okay. Uh, in, in addition to that, into what you just said. No, we have to do it my way. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and the way I would think about it is, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in understanding the meaning of the problem. The problem is there for a reason. What is the reason? If you, if you understand the components of the reason, then it's in our awareness and we have an opportunity to make a choice about it. As long as it's automatic, mm-hmm. as long as we're just doing it, mm-hmm. we're enacting the problem and not reflecting on it then we're not free to change it. Yeah, we just keep running into the same Same thing. It's just over and over. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, step one is, you know, trying to understand through a process of being curious, of having empathy for your partner, what it is that they're going through that puts them in a spot where they feel X thing, sad, frustrated, angry, hurt, scared, whatever it is, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Why do they feel that way? When did this start? What was their experience of it at that time? What did they do with it at that time? How did other people handle it? What support or what lack of support occurred at that time? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, what was the lesson for them? What, did they, what, did, what meaning did they make of it? And how do we now take all of that understanding and, and apply it to the problem that's occurring between in the relationship and the real relationship in real time? So it's a, it's a, a process by which you look at the past even if that's, you know, 10 days ago, I'm not talking about it has to be in your childhood. I'm just saying whatever, whatever occurred that you learned something from that is now informing how you do something now that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is you learned, it's time to figure out what that means, why you learned it, and what to do about it now. I think what you're saying is really important because I think people run to these arguments over and over and over, and they either the argument gets more intense or they learn to avoid it altogether. Right. That's right. Neither one of those natural um, reactions provides any change. Yeah. I mean, what you find, or what I find in my office is one person will say, you know, something like, I keep trying to chase my partner, but I can never catch them. And the other one says, I keep trying to run away, but I can never get away. You know, there's this experience of 
going around in circles and feeling incredibly frustrated. Yeah. So we've got to be willing to, and, and I've heard other people say this, we've got to be willing to do something we've never done before yeah. if we want a result that we've never had before. Right. So doing the same thing over and over again, um, even with more energy, yeah, is, is just going to give you more of what you don't want. Right. And so, you know, I, I think sometimes people listen to these episodes and they go, man, this sounds like a lot of work. Um, fighting yeah. about, struggling with, banging your head against the wall is a lot of work. And it doesn't have an end. Yeah. But doing some work, being curious, working together, showing some empathy, making space, um, starting over even if yeah, you need to. It's an investment to. in your life. It's an investment. And it pays a bunch of dividends down the road. For sure. So I would say if you're in a situation where one person, you know, maybe you're the person who is carrying the burden of all the finances and you go, hey, my spouse just doesn't plug in and I feel kind of stranded on an island here. And if anything goes bad, it's all on me. Maybe you say, you know what, I, I really have some things that I'd like to add to it, but every time we have this conversation, um, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um. I would really encourage those folks to have some good conversations together about the advantages of, of actually being able to communicate about this. Sure. And creating a system not where you both have to sit down and lick the stamp together to mail a bill, but a system where you can both participate and have awareness um, and, and visibility on what's going on with the resources in the family and how those connect to the things that are most important to you. For sure. I, th- I think it's really central to be able to sit down and have some empathy for your partner, even if their experience frustrates you, you know, temporarily setting your own frustration or whatever you feel aside and saying, I need to understand my partner. And getting to the other side is worth it. For sure. It's totally worth it. Staying where you are is not going to change things. Yeah. All right. So do we solve the world's problems? Um, sure. <laughs> Until we get together again. (laughs) Sounds good.